find. Until about three years back, there seems to have been 11,000 in Queensland's, which would produce, did produce, exactly the same sum. But after January of that year, I find no record of them. In fact, the Queenslands are missing? Vanished? Yes. Uh, from which you conclude? I suppose at first you had not handed me all the papers. Since Mrs. Murbury evidently still gets that 420 a year somehow, lucky woman. Oh. Well, we'll return to the good lady later. Now, let's take the other. The Hathaway Trust. Quite so. Trust. Go on. Father. I know, my dear boy, I shall have lots to say to you, but let's get quietly through these details first. Well, this is simple enough. We're young Hatherley's only trustees till his coming of age in about five years' time. The property was 18,000 invested in consoles. Certain sums were to be allowed for his education. We seem to be paying them. Regularly. Quite. But where's the capital? No record? Yes. A note by you on a half sheet. Refer to the Bletchley land scheme. That was ten years ago. Haven't I credited him with the interest on his capital? The balance ought to be reinvested. There's this in your handwriting. You credit him with a 5% interest. Quite so. But I think I've heard you say that the Bletchley scheme paid 7.5%. At one time. Uh, have you taken the trouble to calculate what will be due from us to the lad? Yes. Even on the 5% basis, capital and compound interest, about £26,000. A respectable sum in five years' time. When he comes of age. That gives us, say, four years and six months in which to think about it. Thank you for showing me these, sir. Shall I put them back in your safe now? Yes, you'd better. Put them down, your hand shakes. Why, you might have been drinking. I'll put them away later. It's no use having hysterics, Edward. Look your trouble in the face. I'm sorry, my dear boy. I wouldn't tell you if I could help it. I can't believe it. And that you should be telling me such a thing. Let yourself go. Have you cry out, as the women say? <sighs> it isn't pleasant, I know. It isn't pleasant to inflict it on you. What's the extent of the mischief? When did it begin? Father, what made you begin it? I didn't begin it. You didn't? Who then? My father, before me. Oh. That calms you a little. I'm glad, my dear father, but I... It's amazing. My inheritance, Edward. My dear father. I had hoped it wasn't to be yours. Do you mean to tell me that this sort of thing has been going on here for years? For more than 30 years? Yes. How bad were things when you first came to control them? Oh, I forget. Oh, you can't forget. Well, pretty bad. Do you know how it was, Grandfather? Began muddlement, muddlement. Fooled away hundreds of thousands on safe things. Well, then, what was he to do? He'd no capital, no credit. and was in terror of his life, my dear Edward. If I hadn't found out in time, he'd have confessed to the first man who came and asked for a balance sheet. Well, what exact sum was he to the bad then? I forgot. Several thousands. But surely it's not taken all these years to pay off. Oh, hasn't it? Well, then how does it happen, sir, that such a comparatively recent trust as young Hatherley's has been broken into? Well, what could be safer than to use that money? There's a console investment and not a site wanted to buy the capital or interest for five years. Father, are you mad? On the contrary. <laughs> when my client's money is entirely under my control, I sometimes reinvest it. The difference between the income this money was bringing to them and the profits it then actually brings to me, I utilize in my endeavors to fill up the deficit in the firm's accounts. I use it to put things straight. Doesn't it follow that the more low interest-bearing capital I can use, the better? The less risky things I have to put it into. Most of young Hatherley's console capital, uh, the trust gives me full discretion, 
It's now out on mortgage at between four and a half and five percent. Safe as safe can be. But he should have the benefit. He has the amount of his console interest. Where are the mortgages? Are they in his name? Some of them. Some of them. It doesn't really matter. Uh, with regard to Mrs. Murbury, those fretworthy bonds in my bank, I've raised 5,000 on them, but I can release her bonds tomorrow if she wants them. Where's the 5,000? Not sure. I paid them into my own account. But my dear father... Well? It's not right. Why? Why is it so hard for a man to see beyond the letter of the law? Will you consider, Edward, the position in which I found myself at that moment? Was I to see my father ruined and disgraced without lifting a finger to help him? Edward, I stepped outside the letter of the law to save my father. Was I right or wrong? In the result, sir, right. Judge me by the result. Do you mean to tell me that you couldn't somehow have put things right by this? Somehow? <laughs> How? If 30 years of this sort of thing hasn't brought you hopelessly to grief, during that time there must have been opportunities. Must there? Well, I hope that when I'm underground, you may find them. I put everything right with the stroke of your pen, if it's so easy. I? You're my partner and my son. You'll inherit the business. Oh, no, Father. Why else have I had to tell you all this? Father, I can't. I can't possibly. I don't think you've any right to ask me. Why not, pray? It's perpetuating the dishonesty. You don't believe that I told you the truth? I want to believe it. It's no proof. My earning these 20 or 30 people their rightful incomes for the last how many years? Whether what you have done and are doing is wrong or right, I can't meddle in it. Very well, forget all I've said. Go back to your room. Get back to your own mean drudgery. My life work, my splendid life work, ruined. What does that matter? Whatever did you expect of me? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Here's a great edifice built up by years of labor and devotion and self-sacrifice. A great arch, may court, a bridge which is to carry our firm to safety with honor. My work. And now, as I near the end of my life, it still lacks the keystone. Perhaps I'm to die with my work just incomplete. Then is there nothing that a son might do? Do you think I shouldn't be proud of you, Edward? That I shouldn't bless you from wherever I may be when you completed my life's work with perhaps just one kindly thought of your father? What will happen if, if I desert you? I'll protect you as best I can. I wasn't thinking of myself, sir. Well, I shan't mind the exposure, you know. It won't make me blush in my coffin. And you're not so quixotic, I hope, as to be thinking of the feelings of your brothers and sisters. Considering how simple it would have been for me to have gone to my grave in peace and quiet and let you discover the whole thing afterwards. The fact that I didn't, that I've taken thought for the future of all of you, might perhaps have convinced you. <laughs> there. Consult your own safety. This is a queer thing to have to make one's mind up about, isn't it, Father? And suppose I'd broken down and begged your pardon for my folly. You'd have done anything for me? Gone to prison smiling, eh? I suppose so. Yes, it's easy enough to forgive. I'm sorry I can't go in sackcloth and ashes to oblige you. My dear Edward, you've lived a quiet humdrum life up until now with your poetry and your sociology and your agnosticism and your ethics of this and your ethics of that. <laughs> oh, dear me. 
These are the sort of guard notes which young men seem to sow nowadays, and you've never before been brought face to face with any real vital question. I'm not angry at what you've said to me. I'm, I'm quite willing to forget it. But it's for your own sake, not for mine, Edward, that I beg you to, to be a man and take a practical, common-sense view of the position you find yourself in. It's not a pleasant position, I know, but it's unavoidable. You should have told me before you took me into partnership. Should I be telling you at all, if I could possibly help it? Do you suppose I still haven't got any scruples? If you run away from this, Edward, you're a coward. My father was a coward, and he suffered for it to the end of his days. I was sickness to him more than a partner, good Lord. Of course, it's pleasant and comfortable to keep within the law. Then the law will look after you. Otherwise... You have to look pretty sharp after yourself. You have to cultivate your own sense of right and wrong. Deal your own justice. But that makes a bigger man of you, let me tell you. How easily could I have walked out of my father's office and left him to his fate? No one would have blamed me, but I didn't. I thought it was my better duty to stay, and yes, I say with all reverence, to take up my cross. Well, I've carried that cross pretty successfully. And what's more, it made a happy man of me. A better, stronger man than skulking about in shame and fear of his life ever made my poor dear father. I don't want what I've been saying to influence you, Edward. You are a free agent, and you must decide upon your own course of action. Now, don't let's discuss the matter anymore for the moment. Don't forget to put these papers away. Are you coming to Chislehurst soon? Uh, we've got you and his wife and, and, and Booth and Emily. I think I can't face them all just at present. Nonsense. I feel as if this thing were written on my face. How I shall get through business, I don't know. You're a weaker man.